brought my keys and my phone for a reason. We'll work with that later and I'll take my watch off. Who's had a good New Year's? Who's made a New Year's resolution? Who's broken it? So uh, this year I decided um, that I was going to think about my health before it uh, becomes an issue. In, in my family, there's a strong family history of type 2 diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol. Um, and I felt uh, on reminiscing over Christmas that I would uh, get proactive uh, in, in the uh, medical world to call it prophylactic, preventative uh, measures. So I said, I'm going to make uh, healthier choices. I'm, I'm going to change the way I'm exercising. Uh, I'm going to do a few things because I want to think about my health now uh, before it becomes an issue. So I, I'm going to change the way I eat. I, I'm going to do all these. And then um, about six days in uh, to making these choices, uh, there's always opportunities that arise that begin to challenge you. So last week, uh, the kids in April stayed in Geelong. Uh, they had Vic Swim. I came back. Um, I actually get excited about serving this community. And um, I had a week opportunity to be able to be here before a lot of things get rolling, uh, which was really good. So I was here. April and the kids are in Geelong. So I do what every guy does when his wife and kids aren't home. You invite your mates over every single night. And you burn the candle at both ends, which is what I did. But what happened? Is on Wednesday night, I, I tell you what, I went and bought a juicer and I have been making juices for breakfast. I've been having tuna and crackers for, I'm telling you, I don't know how long it's going to go, but I'm working on it. We're all on a journey. And anyway, on Wednesday night, we had some guys over, we're watching a movie and we just so happened to pull out chocolates. Hmm. I literally became more consumed with thinking about not eating the chocolates than the actual movie. Has anybody ever been at that place? So I'm looking at it going, no. And I'm looking at the movie and going, I don't know what's happening. So the blow this, it's just a party-sized Mars bar. So I had it and it was amazing. I'm on a journey, no one's perfect. I'm going to stick at it. But the problem was 15 minutes later, I saw the Snickers. And I said, I better eat that. Mark has an allergy to peanuts. <laughs> so I ate that one too. And because I hadn't really had anything for about two weeks, man, oh man, was I like, whoo, I'm feeling weird. I'm already pretty highly strung. I had, had a lot of sugar. But I decided that this year, and I'll continue to strive for it, I want to make healthier choices. I want to make uh, decisions in regards to my health because I want to avoid uh, what potentially could happen in the future. You see, with New Year's resolutions, is it's not actually the process of, of what you are, are seeking for. It's actually the end result you want. And the end result is a better lifestyle. Hey. You know, people go, I'm going to take up painting. And, and the reason they take up painting is because they want to be able to express a creativity. And what happens is by expressing that creativity, they lead to a better quality of life. They, it's not so much uh, the, the painting, but it's the outcome of a better quality of life. It's the same with fitness and health. It's the same with finances. It's the same whatever you set out to do to improve. It's actually not even about what you're doing. It's about the outcome that you desire, which is what? It's a better life. It's a more fulfilled life. That's what 
you're searching for, you're, you're seeking when you set up a New Year's resolution. We're all searchers. We all search for something. I'm grateful that I found what I've been looking for through Jesus. But we're all searching. You know, I look at New Year's resolutions and I think about there's often two uh, different sides to it. One, one side is that you want to self-improve. The other side, you may be wanting to develop out of a place of frustration. Oh, I'm annoyed. I want that to change. I'm going to change it. Or, hey, I want to improve, so I'm going to keep going. Now, both of those are fine. There's nothing wrong with either one. The challenge that I have with the coming out of a place of frustration, and this is just a side thing I found in my heart to say to people, is that you need to be content where you are at. God loves you. You're awesome. You sit here right now in this church and God is so proud of you. He loves you. He sent his son for you. He counts the hairs on your head because you're awesome. Do you know, in uh, Philippians 4.11, Paul talks about that he's learned to be content in all situations. We have to be content with where we are at, but it is still okay to want to change. Because the problem is, if it's out of discontent, you might say, oh, I really don't like the, the way I look. You might get to the, that place and, and then find you're still frustrated. And that is the challenge that you have to have. I find that accepting where you are and wanting to improve because you want to make God proud is the way to go, in my opinion. I look at my kids. They've been doing the Vic Swim all week. It's been the cutest thing. But I loved my kids before they learned how to swim. You know, Jai comes up to me. He goes, hey, Dad, I can go under the water. Watch this. Did you see that? I went under. I'll show you again. Ah, wow. And you know what? I love him even more. Because he's trying to improve. He's trying to improve. A better quality of life seems to be what this New Year's resolution themes is all about. Improving yourself to have a better quality of life. Well, guess what? We have the golden ticket. We actually know the answer to a full and satisfying life. As a Christian, I know the answer. I know what it is. It's found in Jesus. So I want you guys to turn with me to, if you have your Bible, uh, all good if you don't. We, we like to put it on the screen here so we can all read as a community together. But we're going to turn to John chapter 10. I'm going to focus on verse 10, but I'm going to set it up uh, before we get there. It actually all starts in Ezekiel 34. Uh, what's happening is the prophet is having a go at the leaders uh, of the community. He's actually having a go at the pastors, all the shepherds there. And he's saying, you guys look after yourself to the detriment of the people that you lead. He says, because you, you, you're so desperately trying to make sure that your life is comfortable, you're making it harder for the people to follow me. And he begins to uh, reprimand those leaders. But he says, you know what, I, I'm the good shepherd. And, and when I come, there, there's going to be food in the place. There's going to be peace in the land. There's going to be provision. There's actually going to be a good thing happen for the people that follow God because God is the good shepherd. So many, many years later, you find yourself in a very similar situation in John chapter 10 with Jesus. This time, Jesus is having a go at the synagogue leaders, the Pharisees again. And he's saying the same thing. He's saying, you guys are looking after yourselves 
once again to the detriment of the people that are trying to follow me. They're making it hard, saying, you know, you've got to work harder to overcome sin. They're being judgmental. They're making people feel guilty. Uh, They are looking after themselves to the detriment. But Jesus says in this portion of Scripture that I am the good shepherd. It's a significant statement that it is because he's obviously talking about, you know, that he is a God. He is the son of God. So we'll read from verse 8 and we'll read down. And then I want to talk to you guys about a few principles that may come out of this. And it says this in verse 8. All who come before me were thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. But my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. He isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. So in John 10.10, it says this in the New King James Version. That's how I learn it. It says this, thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, recently I read a survey uh, in HuffPost. They did a small sample group of about 700 people. And they asked them, what are the top 10 things that you're after? What's the top 10 things that you would search for, that you would go after? What are they? So they filled them in, and this is the top 10. Happiness, money, freedom, peace, joy, balance, fulfillment, confidence, stability, and passion. It's a pretty good list. I think it's an impossible list. To get all at once. I mean, think about this. How can you have money if you're working all the time? You you get money, but then you can't have time. Or there can be people with great happiness in in their life, but yet there's real areas of sorrow and sadness. You know, this list is, is so hard to get a hold of, but yet people are searching. People have an answer. People want to know what it is. And for me, I've found out that there is an answer to happiness, to a better quality of life. Jesus said it. He said that he came so that I can have life and life abundantly. Or in the NLT, it says a full and satisfying life. Give me a wave if you want a full and satisfying life. Give me a wave. And if you don't give me a wave right now, there'll be an altar call after this service. We're going to pray for that. Abundantly. The actual word in the original language expresses a picture of over and above. More than is necessary. Exceeding. Supremely. It talks about a very, very full and satisfying life. 
So Jesus is saying, I have come that they may have life and life to the full and abundant life. So all of a sudden, I am understanding that if I can find Jesus, I can find the life that he offers for me. So I want to talk to you today about three ways that you can find Jesus. Three ways to an abundant life, which is found in Jesus. You can go to the next slide. Thanks, Sammy. The first thing, go to the next one again. Thank you, sir. The next thing is what you desire. It has to start with wanting it. Now, I want to say this as a disclaimer. I feel to put this on my heart. When, when, when you strive for Jesus, and we all know this in the community, it does not mean that it is an insurance policy that protects you from pain, from hard times, from persecution, from anything where you may actually have to struggle or scrap or fight. But what it does mean is that at the end of the day, you still win. At the end of the day, you will look back on your life and it will have been full. It will have been satisfying. And at the end of the day, because of Jesus, you will win. But it comes from desire. You know, recently, um, actually, I think they're here today. We, we've had some people get engaged in church. Lockie and Laura have got engaged. Let's give them a hand. It was awesome. Pulled it off overseas, probably... The coolest way to propose ever, man. I like it. Good job for saying yes. It could have not helped my sermon if you had said no. It would have been a different one about rejection. <laughs> um, but she said yes. Starts with desire. You know, it was very interesting. Um, quite a period of time ago now, Lockie came down on a front which we all thought it was to visit me. Let's be honest. That's what I thought. And their eyes met across a crowded room at this church at a young adults event. So for single people, keep getting to those events. I'm telling you now, there's something happening there. But what happened is there was all of a sudden uh, a connection made. There, there was a desire to pursue a relationship. So he asked me for her number and I said, as every pastor should say, no, ask her yourself. And then he asked April to ask her, but that's another story. But what happened is it started with a friendship. It led to a relationship and now they're getting married. But what happens is that wouldn't have happened without a desire to be together. It is the same with our relationship with Jesus. You actually have to want to be in a relationship with Jesus. You actually have to desire it. If you don't desire to be with Jesus, there will be other things that will want to come in front of that relationship, which can then pull you away from what He promises, which is an abundant life. The psalmist writes in Psalm 73, 25, Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. God has to be your number one priority. If you want something and you desire it, do you know what happens is you go and get it. I can sit on the couch and I can be thirsty and sometimes I, I get there and, and I'm like, I'm thirsty, but I'm tired. Just being real with you, I'm a human. So you're like, I'm thirsty, but I'm comfortable. But I want to drink, but I'm really comfortable. And then you go, hopefully April will walk past soon. 
Hey, babe. But what happens is eventually it gets to the point where my desire gets to a place where I get up because I want to go seeking for a drink of water. See, your desire has to do something in you. Because you see, a desire leads to seeking, which, go to the next point. We'll move quickly because we're running out of time. Seeking is what desire leads to. I want it, so I will go and find it. Seeking. Seeking, to go and look. It's not hard to find God. It's not hard to find him. He's not like he is a needle in a haystack. Uh, You know, often your perspective, uh, God is always close. It's often your perspective that makes him look uh, distant. Uh, Gene, I might get you to come up just real quick. And actually, I might grab Dan if you could come up. Lockie, can you come up as well? Okay, you guys just need uh, Gene right now just for a moment. Don't grab anything. Wait over here. So here's the thing, often God is present in your life, but your perspective can make it look like, hey, I can't, I can't see God anywhere in this situation. I don't know where he is. Now, the fact that my focus is this way hasn't changed God's proximity to me. He is still with me. He is still always there, but it is often until I am beginning to search for God, God, where are you, that he'll say, I'm right here. You don't have to say that. You can't. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Proximity. I hate searching for something that I can't find. I absolutely hate it. If you ever want to see me fall apart, if you guys can come up, maybe grab a microphone. Um, Lockie, if you grab this microphone. I've just got to unlock this one for you. Um, Can you come over here? Stand here, Lockie. And grab that one. And if you give him that one and grab that one from the piano... I need you guys, and then these are my keys. I hate not being able to find my keys or my phone. Can, is there anybody that can relate to me in this place? It, it, if you're ever going to see me fall apart, this will be my moment. Often it'll be the last minute. I see a lot of couples looking at each other doing the old prod. It's not just me. I feel like we're having a moment. And what happens is I absolutely fall apart because I go, oh man, I've got to go, I've got to figure out uh, where it is. I'm searching for something and it frustrates me when I search and I can't find it. But my wife carries quite a bit of wisdom and she said, I'm going to fix that problem. You see, I've got a watch right here. Now, if you guys keep the phones close. Now, what this watch can do is say I can't find my phone. Now, there'll be somebody in the congregation right now going, yeah, well, you ring it. But if no one's home and I can't find my phone, I can't ring it. But what I can do is if you hit that button just below the red one. Can you hit it again? As I search for my phone, keep hitting it, Gene. I can press my watch and it will send a beacon to my phone so that I can find my phone. Everyone's like, yeah, good watch. But what happens if I don't have my watch and I want to still be able to find my phone? So my wife goes, well, do you have your keys? Can you press that button twice? Oh, look, my phone begins to call to me again. Isn't that amazing? So we turn that off. But what happens if I have my phone but I haven't lost my key. 
I've lost my keys. Well, I can do this. Oh, look, my keys. They begin to make a noise. What happens if I lose my wallet? I don't know. Is there, we're going to work on that one. But we can turn that one off now. Say, fine. Thank you, boys. Pop down just for a minute. Give them a hand for helping me. This is what it says in James 4.8. It says, when you draw near to God, He draws near to you. Here's the thing is that desire leads to seeking, but God can be found. And He can be found easily because God doesn't remain hidden. So when you go searching for Him, He doesn't remain hidden or remain where He is. He actually draws near to you. It's like the phone and the keys. They, as I draw near to their proximity, as they begin to call out to me, I begin to be able to locate them easier. You see, God wants to meet you where you're at, but it takes a desire and it takes a seeking. But when you begin to draw near to God... He begins to draw near to you and He can be found. Often in this place, people go, oh, God is at distance. I, I'm in a dry place. Are you praying? Are you seeking God? Because there is promises in His Word, such as Jeremiah 29, 13, which says, you seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him when you seek Him with all of your heart and all of your soul. You see, God wants to connect with you, but you need to desire Him and that desire needs to lead to you searching for Him. Here are some promises when you begin to seek the Lord. It says, the Lord your God and His strength. Seek His faith always. That's in Psalms 105. Blessed are those who keep His statute and seek Him with all their hearts. Psalm 119. I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Psalm 34. The lions may grow weary and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. That's Psalm 34. Psalm 9 says, those who know your name and trust in you Lord, have never been forsaken. So when you seek the Lord, it says that you recognise His strength in your life. It says that you're blessed. It says that you're delivered from your fears. It says that you lack no good thing. It says that you're never forsaken. He's worth seeking. So if you're not finding these things in your life, my question would be, where is your desire and are you searching for? because it comes down to trust. See, what I've learned and I've heard uh, thrown around many times is this, is that if you keep doing the same thing, you will always get the same result. So if you are beginning to seek Jesus and have a desire to seek Him, and then He says, change something in your life so that your results may turn out to be a bit different, you know what it's gonna take? It's gonna take trust. It takes trust, but I love Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. So you've got to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't worry about the way you think it needs to be done. If you need a different result in your life, you need to trust God because then it says this, Seek His will. Seek His will. Seek His will in all you do. 
and He will show you the path to take. Allow God to lead you in your life. Starts with trust, seeking His will, and then He'll show you where to go to an abundant life, a full and satisfying life. Do you know, if you walk with Jesus already or you haven't yet, know this, continue to desire a relationship with Him. Continue to seek Him always and trust Him to direct your life and it will be full. It will be abundant. It may not be easy, but it will be blessed and it will be full of purpose and full of hope. Because when you draw near to God, He draws near to you. So why don't we stand just for a minute? I'm gonna close just quickly, but before we do that, I'd, I'd just like to take a minute to pray for some people. So for the sake of privacy, if you guys could close your eyes, why we ask you to do that, it's not a spiritual thing, it, it's purely a privacy thing. Because if your eyes are closed, you, you can't see what's going on around you. You're, you're only concerned about your own business with God and, and nobody else. I don't know if there's anybody in this place this morning that, like that beacon that's on my phone, that when I begin to seek it, it, it begins to seek me. Uh, there might be something going on in your heart this morning that maybe you haven't actually made a decision to follow Jesus before. See, in the Bible, it talks about that if we've done ever done something wrong, which we all have, we're actually separated from God. But because God remembered us, He sent His Son, Jesus, and Jesus took the punishment for us. Because the punishment for sin was death, but Jesus took that death for us. And then it says in the Bible that, that if we believe in our heart that Jesus died for us and rose again, and we confess it with our mouth that we are saved, we begin to follow Jesus, we can call ourselves a Christian, you are on the road to that abundant life. But it starts with making a decision. It starts with making a choice. So with every eye closed across this place, if there's somebody here this morning that wants to make a decision to follow Jesus, and it may be for the first time or it may be recommitted, could you, while everybody's eyes closed, just give me a quick wave, just pop your hand up high so I can see it. Yep, yep. Hallelujah. Let's pray. What we're gonna do right now is we're just gonna do a quick prayer, just get you to repeat after me what I've said and then you're on the road to following Jesus. So if everybody, we could do it together as a community, that would be great. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you died for me. I know that I am a sinner and I ask that you would forgive me. I know you died and rose again and I believe that you live today. Thank you, Jesus. Be my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I'd just like to pray for one more group of people. It's very interesting how God sets things up. I love that this morning what, what Greg uh, shared was that there may be people that are in a dry place. 
And I'd like to pray for those people again. I, I just believe that when you follow Jesus, your life will be so full. But sometimes it's often distraction that pulls us away or different desires that pulls us away from seeking and encountering a God that wants to bring joy beyond understanding, peace beyond understanding, blessing, healing. So with every eye closed again, if there's anybody in our community that has been feeling dry, I just want you to raise your hands up and keep them in the air. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray together and then we're going to finish with that with an upbeat song because we can celebrate knowing that God does promise us an abundant life as we follow Him. So see those hands across this place. Lord God, right now I pray for these people. Lord God, I thank You that they were here this morning. Lord, I just pray that maybe it starts, Lord God, with five minutes on their knees next to their bed, Lord God, in a way that they begin to search for You and begin to desire You, Lord God, more so that You can begin to speak and flow into their life, Lord God. I thank You that You will do that. Just believe right now there's a person in this place and you've been getting some negative thoughts that are not of God. And right now in the name of Jesus, we stand against them. You are valued, you are loved. And those words that are being spoken in your mind are lies and they are not from God. And what God says is that you are treasured and you are loved and you are worthy. Lord God, we thank you for every person in this place. And everybody who believed said, Amen, Amen. Be blessed. Thank you for coming. Church is on again next week, 10 a.m. Uh, be here. Who's grateful for the hot weather? Who wants just about five degrees off it would be even better? That's great. So let's finish with a song. Praise the Lord. Oh,